Hey guys, brand new podcast, uh, and it's a good one. It's one of my comedic heroes. I love this man's stand-up more than I love my own, and I love me some me. Uh, Brian Regan, he is a, he's the GOAT. I mean, let's be honest. I said that to the other day. I was talking to George Lopez. I was like, there's a lot of goats out there. Like, I don't like when you go the goat and then you name one guy because there's a bunch of goats. And Man, fucking, I'm telling you right now, Brian Regan's a goat. He is awesome. This special is awesome. I watched it before we did the podcast. He talks about having OCD um, on the on the on the special, and obviously, I, I I'm pretty clear with all the shit I struggle with. But I struggle with OCD. But we talk about our differences in OCD, and we talk about how he kind of got his OCD, which is a really interesting story. More importantly, this is a great conversation. More importantly, his special is fucking awesome. It's called On the Rocks. It's on Netflix. You can go watch it right now it's on right now so make sure to check it out brian regan on the rocks by the way coming soon flip-flops are coming out again we're gonna release some more flip-flops uh i'll let you know when that's happening uh other than that go big show finale is this thursday check it out tbs nine cent nine o'clock eastern standard time eight central um and that's it two new two bears one cave new bill burt is out uh we do one with george lopez and we talk about golf uh, it's a great podcast. You're going to love this one with uh, with Brian Regan. Like I said, check out his special on the rocks. He's one of my favorite comics in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend, stand-up comedian, Brian Regan. This is the Hey, uh... Congratulations on a fucking fantastic special. Thank you. It is fucking awesome, dude. It is really awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah, I was doubled over in my kitchen when when you all the OCD stuff just drilled me. Drilled <laughs> me. It was so great because it I, the end of that when you're when the, we go back to check the stove, you're like, now I got it. You're taking the test. It's so fucking great. I was <laughs> crying, laughing, crying. And then I played it for my kids. I played it for my wife. I mean, like I queued it up. Like I was, it was, dude, congrats. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me coming from somebody like you. So uh, thank oh, you very much. I enjoyed it so fucking much. Did, did, uh, I'm curious is that your first step into like personal sharing personal stuff on stage? In a way. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I've over the years talked about feeling stupid and awkward and that sort of thing, but that's uh, this last special would be a little bit deeper than that. You know? Yeah. But when I first started doing the OCD stuff, I was like, uh, my, uh, showing too many chinks in the armor. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you want to feel like uh, you're the big man on campus when you're on stage. And when you start poking a stick at yourself, it's, uh, you know, it's a very, it's revealing and you feel vulnerable. That's why I counter it in the special by slamming all these other people as well, you know, at the party. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's stuff wrong with me, but there's also stuff wrong with you. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's really fascinating. And I wondered, you know, one of the things that you've always done when you write is you, you write about yourself, meaning 
you you turn yourself into a character whether you're staring at the sun when you know when you're a kid or you're asking the lady uh if she's pregnant like you turn yourself into a character what was so fascinating about it and and then i started going i want to write more like that because i i think i write around about the people around me and less about me like and i was like the second you start taking the test all of a sudden it's like it's it's it and you're laughing and you're like, I wish this wasn't true. I wish this. <laughs> it, but it's, it, it was so seamlessly you so great. I'm um, like, I've, I was so fucking excited, but it's, it's interesting because you, you're one of the guys that like, you know, with everything going on with cancel culture and, and the craziness out there, you're one of those guys that you, you kind of stay out of the fray when it comes to like public opinions on politics and, and, Kind of, and then and then when I watched that, I was like, oh yeah, he's kind of always been like a little arm's length at, at, about revealing too much about himself as well. And I was like, I wondered if the shift in what's going on in our country and how everyone is like doing a podcast and telling you how they feel about uh, the the Jeep Cherokee no longer can call it a Jeep Cherokee. Uh, now I got feelings, or they're canceling Dr. Seuss, and now I got feelings. Like, I was wondering if that had an effect on you and why you went so personal. Not so much. I mean, I, I, I've always tried not to uh, let the outside world decide what I'm going to talk about on stage. Like, um, I just want to talk about what I want to talk about. And we're all human beings. We grow and evolve. And uh, the kind of stuff I used to talk about in the past, you know, I, I'm proud of that, too. Um, it was a little less revealing, a little bit on the sillier side and, uh, you know, but then you want to stuff feels funnier and, and better and more real if you're hitting stuff that is actually going on in your head and in your mind. So it's like, well, this is the stuff I want to talk about now. You know, I've already talked about the other stuff and past specials and past comedy. And, you know, I'd like to be a little bit more, uh, revealing, if you will, in this one, uh, pull that curtain back, the, the great and powerful Oz pulling the curtain back. And it's like, ah, it's just me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Do you think you'll go, do you think you'll go further with it? I don't know. It's a good question. You know, I, um, I find sharing stuff that is interesting to me and in my heart is the kind of stuff that, you know, you can tell audiences are like hooking in. Yeah. Um, I've always tried not to make the mistake of trying to figure out what the audience is looking for. It's like, I don't think that's my job. My job is to share what I want to share. Mm -hmm. I hope audiences like it or hook in or whatever. Um, so we'll just see, you know, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe my next special, I'll just go right back to nothing but donut sprinkles. <laughs> It's uh, it's interesting. I I have I think the quarantine has made me realize how bad my OCD is. And I literally the other day, mine is different. Mine is um, literally obsessing about thoughts. Like right, I'll tell you what's going on with my OCD right now is uh, I got a tooth. I got a tooth put in, and it's kind of bigger than the other teeth, and I can't stop. And and when I bite down. Those are the first teeth that touch. Oh no! And I got to push harder to get the other side, to and it's making me crazy. It's making me <laughs> fucking crazy, and I can't. And and I'm a big water pick guy, and 
I'm afraid to water pick around it because I don't want it to pop off and then have oh. to drive over the fucking hill to get it cemented back in again. <laughs> yeah. And then, I was, and then I'm obsessing about what if I can never, what if I have to stop using a water pick? Like, what if that is, and that makes me crazy. One of my favorite things is to water pick my whole mouth and it there'd be nothing in there. Like nothing in between any teeth, just, I mean, blood coming out. Like I'm talking and, and it, and it's funny when you started talking about that, I went, I wonder how many people are going to see you in a, like, I wonder how prevalent this is going to be because with fucking quarantine coming up, I mean, all this obsessive compulsiveness has been, that's everything about getting a disease is that's the whole fucking rub. You know, it's interesting. you you're talking about that water pick thing, you know, when they have a commercial for a water pick or something like that, and they try to show, you know, with a cartoon, how good it is. Yeah. And they always show it like getting rid of like 98 to 99% of it. And they show like one little thing to make it look realistic. Yeah. Well, you just, you just lost a customer from me, you know, like, (laughs) You need to get rid of all the stuff in my teeth. You can't leave like one little <laughs> tiny thing. Your little realistic thing that you threw into the commercial just lost this guy as a customer. <laughs> it has to get rid of everything in my teeth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I need everything <laughs> gone. I yeah. I water pick so aggressively. Like I <laughs> I crank it as high as I can get. I get hot water too. I like hot water in my I, I I, <laughs> you're probably wondering why, why does it even have lower settings, right? The, the, I, I can't imagine today. I did it to the lowest setting to get around this crown. Cause I was like, all right, we don't want to blow this crown out and fucking roto rooter it. So I'll just, I'll just gently. And then of course I just cranked it up to 10. I was like, fuck it. If the crown comes off, the crown comes off. But, uh, yeah, I love, I'm a big, I'm not a big oral care guy, but I'm a big water pick guy. I'm I'm more of a uh, as far as the OCD, I it's a spectrum oriented thing, and I know that yeah. there are people who have it in a very bad way, or they have kids who have it in a very debilitating way. So I try to be careful to not come off like I'm making light of it for people who have it in a severe way that affects their life and affects their family and that sort of thing. I have a very mild version of it. You can see by the bookshelves behind me, I'm an organization nut. Um, I, I need to know where everything is. If I lose a paperclip, it drives me up a wall. I, and it's not because of the paperclip. It's, it means my system is faulty. I think if I lost a paperclip, what hugely important things in my life are falling through the cracks? Like the paperclip is just an example of my system isn't working and yeah. it drives me nuts. And if I, move a piece of paper and see the paper clip. I'm like, ah, ah, okay. I I do know how to live. I do know how to function, you know? So I just try to explore that with the bit, you know, that's in the special, you know, just like making light of my, this organizational craziness that I have. Yeah. What, when did you start noticing that as a, like in life? Cause I, I think I always had, Mine is anxiety and OCD and I've always had it. And I first remember getting it like in when I was like 10 and I, my, and and my things were 
it was all it's very tact it's very very tactile and uh and but i'm a fucking mess brian like i'm a mess <laughs> like i i've no i have none of the organizational shit really none See, of it oh man that that's that's predominantly where how it affects me it, it i started realizing it i grew up in a big family eight kids and our house was chaotic um a very loving house but you know everything was all over the place we had a a box of I have three older brothers Mike Pat Dennis and then there was me two sisters and then two more brothers we had, we had what we called a laundry room if you went in there you would go how does anybody live like this we had a big box of socks <laughs> and you would just pick two socks at random it didn't matter what color they were you just pick two socks to go to school and when I first went to college, everybody got a kick out of the fact that I always had a blue sock and a green sock or like, like color meant nothing like it. Uh, so I, it was because I grew up in a crazy house. Um, it wasn't until I got to college, I had a roommate my freshman year, my sophomore year. I didn't have a roommate. The, the guy transferred to another school. And I'm like, this is the first time I can set up things the way I want them. Yeah. And I went like crazy, like my <laughs> closet. I wish I had taken a photo of it. Like I had the thickest jackets and then I had lighter jackets. Every hanger was three quarters of an inch from the other one. And then I had sweaters. I, I went lighter and lighter. Then I had long sleeve shirts and then short sleeve shirts, even T-shirts I hung up and they were all organized systematically with and every hanger had to be the same length from the the other one i'd wake up in the morning i would make my bed go to class come back and like my bed is still made like i don't have brothers and sisters that are just ripping everything asunder <laughs> you know so i like i felt i had a little control and um so that's kind of where it started was probably my sophomore year in college at least started in terms of me Realize, realizing I could control things, you know, but the pendulum can go too far when you live with people. And, you know, I have kids, you have kids. It's like, I can't let this affect them. Like uh. when you have kids, you have to allow, you have to accept the fact that there are going to be nicks on the wall. You just have to change. You have to go. I can't, this has to be my thing. This can't be my kid's thing. You know. Oh, I'm see, I'm, I'm, my kids make fun of me because one of my things is, um, making sure all the doors are locked, all the doors are locked. And, and like I, at night I want to, and then by the way, that I know that doesn't even sound crazy, but I'm the kind of person that I'll lock the doors and I'll go, wait, did I actually look at that front door? Did I, I don't wonder if I close it. I, I let me, I'm going to just do it one more time. Right. And, right, and when right, I, and right, right. I, for a period of time, I would set up booby traps on doors. Like I would put a skateboard leaning on the door so that if someone came in, it would fall. And my daughters make fun of me because at the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic, I was like, I would go to the front. I would, we'd sit down and watch a movie and I'd go over to the front door and make sure it was locked. And I'd unlock it and lock it just to make sure the lock wasn't broken inside. And it was, <laughs> I'm not so, laughing like it's ridiculous. No. I'm, I'm laughing because I get it. I mean, I, I have similar types of behaviors, you know? Yeah. And I, and 
I and if it was ever unlocked, I would always say, "Girls, we've talked about this." <laughs> so the joke would be they'd go over and look at the door, unlock it, and then go, "Dad, we've talked about this." And and then it was it would make me crazy because all I'd hear was the lock, and I'd go, "Did you lock it or unlock it?" And they're like, "I don't know. Guess you're gonna get up and find out, aren't you?" And oh, it wow. would. And so my daughters don't have it, but they know that. I've seen that, but I wish I had the clean one. I, I don't have any clean shit. Mine is organization, not clean. In yeah. fact, um, I wrote a in creative writing in college, probably the only assignment I completed. I wrote this story about how I tried to organize everything in my uh, dorm room, but I couldn't control the dust like dust would fall from the ceiling and land on, you know, papers and things like that. And I remember having the dilemma in my head going, well, that's not my fault. I'm not dusting that. Like my system is to just organize everything. <laughs> if the dust wants to come from the ceiling, that's not my fault. And yeah. so I'm not going to fix it. <laughs> so it was about how I would leave dust like I leave dust all over everything just as long as everything is organized alphabetically and how I want it. It's very twisted. This tournament season, take care of your hairs and your holes with the best tools for the job. I'm talking about our sponsor, Manscaped, the global leaders in males grooming from head to toe. I'm telling you, I love Manscaped. I just used Manscaped the other day and I shaved. Can you see? I shaved. <laughs> a caesar on my tits i love manscaped listen your brackets not supposed to be perfect but with manscaped's performance package you can be confident that your nose ears and ball pubes are manscaped perfect performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and the number one overall seed this season included in this package is the weed whacker ear nose and hair trimmer by the way i got my my holes all done the other day fucking great put it in and this bundle also includes the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer the best trimmer on the market from your balls butt and body i do my balls and like i said i do my tits and it makes it look like i have a chest my daughters make fun of me but i just do like a little caesar i'm telling you this thing is fantastic let's not forget their famous liquid formulations the crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine and keep you fresh and ready for anything get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts the manscape boxers and the shed travel bag i'm telling you you want to talk about comfort these boxers are fucking next level they are so comfortable that i jog in just the boxers i don't even put pants on i just put on the boxers Another one of my favorites are their crop mop wipes, cool, refreshing ball and butt wipe bodies wipes for peak male hygiene and extra care when it matters the most. Your purchase goes towards a good cause because they've partnered with the goat, Alex Caruso, and the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Early cancer detection is the number way to survive, number one way to survive cancer. So get out there. This is a good cause. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in, major, in men ages 15 to 35 by giving their support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our, hit, our holes look so sexy. 
during the dance. Every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at the at manscaped.com and use the code BERT. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch times. March is National Sleep Month. And as the official CBD of a good night's sleep, our good friends at CBDMD want to help you celebrate the right way. They've got dozens of options to help you enhance your nighttime routine and get better sleep than you deserve. But this combination of melatonin-infused products is second to none when it comes to relaxation. CBD PM blends sleep-promoting ingredients like melatonin, valerian root, and chamomile with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience. I love nothing more than the Sleep PM bath salts. I don't know. It just literally gets me ready for bedtime. And these uh, CBD PMs, oh, bro, a glass of wine, take one of them and say goodnight to your boy. Full recovery. And make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge. They're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code BERT at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com and the promo code's BERT for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Does how do you, how how are you about writing jokes and keeping jokes in a book? Do you have like a booklet? Do you have like a piece of paper? It's a never-ending quest to try to get more and more organized. I never get to where I'm 100% satisfied with my system. Yeah. You know, like I've I have uh folders and files, I have uh rough comedy, I have worksheets. Um, I have a folder called LST. LST is local, seasonal, and topical, meaning those are things that you would only do in that area or yeah. during that season or a topical thing that's only happening for a while. So those are jokes that are short-lived. So I have a whole folder for that sort of thing. And uh, then I have, I organize jokes by whether they're in the rough category and not quite completed or have they graduated to being in my act? Like, you know, I have a graduation ceremony where the tassel has to go over being silly. But, um, you know, when do I get to decide that it's no longer a work in progress? Now it's in my act. And so those get moved to a different folder, a different category. Like that's now considered a bit. I can still work on it after it's already in my act, but I feel like all right, that I can consider part of my act now. And I, you know, I'm always trying to figure out how to, what categories things go in and that sort of, it, it's, it's, a so little, it, it's fun though. It, it's weird. Oh, yeah. oh, I have my joke book right here. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I am very specific about the color of a joke book. Like I need blues, my power color. So I need hey. blue and I got to fall in love with the pen and this pen is like a, a roller gel roller ball and it writes really, really, uh, really, by the way. And I, I just opened my book. I just opened my book. And the one joke that I, the last joke I wrote was, I wonder if there's a gay man who doesn't swallow. 
<laughs> like what kind of like what? That's real- blue book. That's blue book material. <laughs> that's gel pen blue book stuff. Yeah, but what? I, but what I've been doing is I'll go through and I'll write notes to myself, like and and like write one of the things, and then I'll uh, there'll be things that I'm keeping my eye out for, like where I go. Uh, I, I I'll I'll end up talking about this in my act, but I'm gonna need a good example, and yes. I need the right example to explain. Yes. And I have one about dyslexia because I I consistently misread things, and and uh, and to, the one I misread the other day was Arkansas and actress. I miss I misread Arkansas for actress, but then <laughs> and then and then tell me this came up on Netflix this morning, murder among the mormons and i read murder among the Mor- morons and i was like oh i gotta watch that <laughs> which moron murdered which moron <laughs> anyone committing murders a moron in my book <laughs> that's but, good but it's interesting how so the gel pen thing i agree with you i i love the uh this has oh, a good yeah. um gel quality i like when it comes out smooth i got mine right here that what when a pen scratches that that ain't the right kind of pen when you have to like push hard and get the ink out and you hear the scratching you want it to roll you want that ink to just like flow out you don't want it you don't have to force it out i like i i like to visually imagine that as i write like a c there is microscopic but if you were like if you were an atom you'd see mounds of ink on the sides like it would look like a val like a a c would be indented and in the indent there would be ink all over the fucking sides i i'm i get really specific about that and i and i and i'll go into a if i go into like an art store with my daughters i'll go through i'll buy some top level pens because a great pen will get me to write Mm. but i wonder i was wondering when i was watching your act i was like something like the ocd i can see that bit but like when you when you when you come up with a bit like um like and i don't want to give away i don't want to i want i don't want i want people to watch your special so i don't want to go through specifically but when like you can, you can talk you can talk about any part of it i'm not yeah. concerned about that but that's up to you when you when you do when so you get a bit and you and you get it into the we're working on it. It's a little rough. We want it to graduate. It seems to me some of your bits, uh, the second you say it, it's graduated. Like like when you said, how come we got all these doctors, but there's only one doctor for animals. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that, did you did you just come up with that? And then you're like, oh, that bit's done. I got that. That's a fucking home run. You know, I, don't, I don't know the exact moment I thought of that, but I, I you know, it was probably when I had to go to a specialist and, uh, and then I probably drove by. I, I don't know exactly the moment, but when I realized how absurd it was that how specific doctors are for the human body and a veterinarian has to take care of all animals and all their parts. Like, why would anybody take this quest on? Yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> so much easier to go you know what i'm gonna be a human knee doctor and that's all i gotta learn about rather than every animal and every animal body part you know it just it seems crazy to me so when you hit on the idea 
then it's kind of easy to come up with a joke after it. It's like, okay, I've got the premise. So now let me just figure out how to show that in a ridiculous way. I will sometimes get a great line or a great moment. And then I go, I'll write that down. And then I'll have to reverse engineer it into a bit. Like I, I, and and I don't, I'm for whatever reason, I'm not lucky. Like I look at like that premise and I go, God, man, if you, if you come up with that one premise, all of a sudden you've got like a 10 minute chunk. You can do so much shit with that. And I, I'm different in that. I, I get like one line, like my daughter, this is the hardest I've ever laughed in a very serious moment. Um, my daughter has tactile issues too about like she's getting braces and they want to put a new thing in her mouth and and she didn't want it she goes it's changing the way i look and i go no yeah but you looked ugly and like that now we're fixing that like you you didn't not ugly like i loved what you looked like but and she goes no but i like what i look like too and i go but baby it's braces and then she said to me 14 years old she goes dad my body my choice and i went no no don't ever use fucking women's reproductive rights it would talk about not wanting to go to the orthodontist and so immediately i I go i walk away in the other room and i write it down and i'm like all right that's got to be that's got to be somewhere in something but it's i got to do now i got to do a bunch of bullshit work to get there or hope that i can get a story that'll make that i can use that in they say that's uh, how the I Love Lucy writers used to write the shows. You know, they realized Lucille Ball was very funny in physical situations. So they would just think of a funny situation. And they would, like in the writer's room, they'd go, let's get Lucille Ball on stilts. <laughs> and then they would write some logical reason to get there. Like, so they wrote the shows backwards. That's what I've heard. And I always found that to be interesting, that it's like, we know the funny part. We know she'll be funny, like in a big vat, you know, making grapes or whatever, crushing grapes with her feet. Now let's just get her. Let's figure out some logical reason why she has to be in there doing it, you know? Oh, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. So it's similar to what you're talking about. You know, some jokes, you you have the funny part and you go, all right, how do I get to it? And then there are other jokes where it's the idea first and then you see where it goes and what it develops into. That's one thing that I find fascinating about comedy. There's not one way to do it. There's different ways to do it. And, you know, one joke can be one way. The next joke could have been arrived at a completely different way. Yeah. And it's, and, and you're in that vein of like, I was saying this to someone the other day, I was like, there are guys, there are guys at the store or at the cellar, who don't laugh they just go oh yeah that's funny and and oh so, someone was tell, someone was making fun of my laugh like because i laugh a lot and i said um i said no there are comics that don't laugh there are a lot of comics like a lot of them just like uh, i couldn't even tell you what some people's laugh sounds like and then there are people that literally got into comedy not to get laid but because they like comedy they like to laugh they like to giggle like and I was like, I love giggling. I love it more than anything. And there are certain people, and you and you are definitely one of them, where it's like you're on stage, energy, your energy is up with theirs. And it's like, and it's all about the giggle. And it's so funny because I, I was wondering, 
when you started, like you're friends with Seinfeld, right? Yeah, we're we're friendly. I, I met him in New York City years ago before he had his um, TV show, before he became a super duper, super, superstar. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've been friendly over the years. Did you did you notice that kind of differentiation in comics then as the way I see it now? Like there are comics that are serious. That sounds crazy to say, but like very serious comics. And then there are yeah. people like my, even myself, you or Todd Glass, who is just about really about what makes you giggle. Yeah. In fact, I was just talking about this the other day about. As much as I love doing comedy and I do like to laugh. You know, that that's one of, I miss, I miss when I used to not think about comedy analytically, you know, like when I was in co- high school and college, your friends would be funny and you just laugh. You're not figuring out the math of it and the science of it. You're, you just laugh freely. And now when I see something funny, I can still laugh, but I'm also like going, trying to like engineer that in my mind, go, okay, how, how, why is that funny? And I love it on the, from the side of being a comedian and enjoying how comedy is created, but I miss the naivety, naivety, if that's the right word, of not worrying about that and just, and just laughing freely and, and giggling. I, I, I love how you laugh. You, you have a very playful enjoy life kind of thing. So it feels like you have that ability to not always go into the math of a joke or the science of a joke and just, Hey, that's funny. And I'm going to let it go. You know? So there are times when I wish I could do it more freely. And I'm talking about laughter. No. Yeah. I, I feel like that with, with comedy, I, I was the funniest I ever will be in my life when I was in college. When I was in a freshman, sophomore, second sophomore, first junior, like that that period, that very beginning, for whatever reason, I was the funniest I've ever been. I mean, like I would I would say things and I would go, where did that come from? Like I, I mean it was like I remember one time this is, I, I I've I've said some very funny things where I, I said it and I go, You ever say something you're like is that someone else's thought? Because that came out way too easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember college friends saying things to me. Like, I, you know, like you just a situation happens, you say something. And I remember college friends saying to me, how does your brain work? How do, Where does that stuff come from? How does that come out of you? And that's when I started thinking about comedy and like going, where does it come from? How, how does somebody think of goofy things, you know, and, um, and that's when I started that quest towards becoming a, a comedian, but and, and there's also the philosophical thing, you know, like some musicians say that songs already exist out there and it's just up to an individual to find them. That's a philosophy or is the song created out of a human being? I wonder the same thing about comedy. Like, does the humor just exist? Do these jokes exist in the universe? And it's just up to a person with the correct antenna to find it and say it, or does the comedy come from within the human brain? 
I, I, I go back and forth wondering sometimes, you know? Yeah. I, I wonder, I, I, I remember one time we had a buddy who was, um, who was in really great shape and his arms and chest and shoulders were big, but his legs weren't very big. And he said, it's interesting the way, like I wasn't trying to be funny, but he said, yeah, man, I can't, I just can't get my legs big. My legs won't grow, but my arms and my chest, they grow. And we were with a bunch of people. And I said, maybe you should try sticking the needle in your ass instead of your arm. I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just like, and then as you say it, you're like, fuck man. Like everyone's <laughs> laughing. His feelings are hurt. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, but you're, but you're just, it's those moments where you're like, I don't know. Is it, is it am I on the spectrum of just where I see things is, you know, it, it's such an interesting, cause I remember, I remember when I started, I made the shift and I was like, I was like, Oh, so now I'll have a notebook with me or I'll always be on the lookout for anything I do funny. Like I remember making that shift and you're right. I wonder if I'd be a happier person selling boats in Florida and being the funniest motherfucker and being in funny the and being funny with all your uh, the people that work with you at the boat place and you know and you're not thinking about it and you're just goofy and silly and drinking beers and everybody's yeah. laughing yeah there's something to be said for that i mean i think the the craft of comedy and stand-up comedy is a wonderful thing i i, I don't regret going into the field I love it a lot. Yeah. But I, but like you, I wonder like if I didn't do it, if I would just laugh much more freely and appreciate humor in a different way, you know, not in a better way, but in a different kind of way where you're not analyzing it. You just, oh, yeah. Uh, you just let it get into your soul and you just laugh. Ah, that's funny as hell. You know, that's, that was one of the, one of my, the saddest parts of watching your special is I'm sitting there going, I'm like, I'm I'm doing math as I'm listening to you talk. I'm also trying to predict and do the math in front of you and go, where's this? Where? Oh no. Yeah. 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 Oh God. Like, <laughs> and I play it for my daughters and they're just watching, not thinking it's the best way to watch comedy is to right. not expect anything. And then right. they're doubled over. And I was like, yeah, I was like, we're watching this whole special tonight. And they're yeah, like, they're like, do we know this guy? I go, yeah, yeah. You met him before. <laughs> Uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to think how much I obsess about comedy. Another an analogy I use, and it ha it has to do with where does comedy come from? You know those three D hologram posters, you know that are on the wall, and people are looking at it. And go, there's a dinosaur in there, and you're looking at it. And go, I don't see a dinosaur, and you go, no, you gotta like just keep looking at it, you know. And then you look at it and you look at it and then you relax your eyes and you do different things in your brain. And then you go, Oh yeah. Yeah. I see the dinosaur. I feel comedy is like that. Like life. We're just going through life and we're seeing the same thing. But every once in a while, a comedian goes, ah, there's something I see the funny in that now, you know? So Comedian that is that's the perfect dinosaurs that's the perfect example i was sitting on my front porch two days ago three day, two days ago early morning sun shining and i th and i'm going back into the house i have my coffee with me and i'm 
and I say to myself, I, I, I know there's like a form of therapy where people travel with like a, a, a light and then they let the light hit them on the face for like 15 minutes in the morning. And it, and it, <laughs> And it gives you like good, it, it's good for depression. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? The sun's shining bright. I'm going to sit. I opened the front door and then I kind of closed it because I didn't want to have to go unlock it again. And so it's it's cracked a little bit. And I'm sitting on the front porch and I'm, I got my coffee and I got my eyes closed and I'm letting the sun hit my face. And I hear my dog Mac scratching at the door. And then, and then I hear him bark at me. And I go, asshole, it's me. And there's a woman walking in the front in front of my house. And she goes, excuse me. She didn't see the dog. She just heard me go, asshole, it's me. And immediately I start laughing. And if I, I don't know if I wasn't a comic, if I would have been like, oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. Oh, my God. And I wouldn't have been able to go, oh, that's the joy in that. Right, 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 right. That's funny. I remember I remember when talking about those uh, those posters. They, were, they used to sell them when I was, they were really big when I was in college, like really big. And, uh, and I never could see, they had a place in the mall that had like 20 of them. Right. And I would look at that. I could never see them, never saw them. So <laughs> you could never see what the image was. In yeah. I never saw, I never could see the image and people would be like, <laughs> Oh, I see it. And I was like, Oh, this is, they're fucking with me. They're fucking right. they're not real. Right, so then, right. so then someone had one at their house and I saw it and I went, shut the fuck up i fucking saw it and it changed my, and, and so i get i get my car that day and i drive out to the mall i'm like i'm gonna go look at all of them now because there was like a huge thing so i get out there i get to the mall it was right by the i want to say the tinderbox was this uh i bought a pipe at the tinderbox same day and and i went i went and i just went to that guy's that guy's little kiosk in the center and I just went and I looked at all of them and I was like, oh, and they go <laughs> to the next moving, one. Moving just from move it. poster to poster. <laughs> Isn't that great? The guy, the guy must have been sitting there going, I'm trying to sell them, you know? <laughs> what about, but I mean, it seems we, we know that that is an actual example of seeing something that it's right in front of you, but you yeah. have to do something in your brain to see it. What if everything in life was like that? Like everything, every single thing we see possibly could be seen in a different way, you know? Like we, we all think we're looking at the same thing, but what if everybody's looking at the same thing, but seeing different things? And those posters are proof of, of that, you know? If you're having trouble meeting your goals or difficulty with relationships or trouble sleeping or you're feeling stressed or depressed or feeling anxious like I am, consistently or having problems and all that's leaking into your how you're parenting your daughters <laughs> do what i do and get some help better help is available better help offers online professional counselors who can listen and help i do online counseling i've been doing it all through the pandemic and i'm telling you it does help but what's great with better help is all you got to do is simply fill out a questionnaire to assess your needs, and BetterHelp's going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in, in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. It's secure online professional counseling. BetterHelp counselors have a broad range of expertise, which may not be available in your area. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send unlimited messages to your counselor You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. I do my phone sessions on the or my video sessions on the treadmill. 
I got to be honest with you. I it for when I walk and talk, it's just so much easier for me than going to an office and sitting in someone's. I I I'm so much rather it this way. You don't have to sit in any awkward rating room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so it's easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financials aid is available. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they're recruiting an additional counselors in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and BertCast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Bert. Visit Better B E T T E R help H E L P dot com slash Bert and join the over one million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced better help professional. If you're a contact lens wearer, you know ordering contacts can be a hassle. Now you can order contacts without even leaving the house. It's super easy to do with 1-800-CONTACTS. 1-800-CONTACTS has been delivering contact lenses for 25 years and have your contacts in stock, even if you have a strong prescription or astigmatism. With 25 years in the business, they've made getting contact lenses incredibly fast and easy. They even have a way to renew your prescription online if it's expired. And it's worth remembering that if you order now, you can use your flex spending account or vision insurance benefits before they expire. They can even renew your prescription online in just 10 minutes, it couldn't be simpler. You order the same contacts you would get from your doctor. Just look on the side of your contact box for your prescription details. You can order online or over the phone or with their app, and they ship them fast and free to your home. You can renew your prescription online using their express exam. And what's amazing is they have 24-7 award-winning customer service if you ever need any help or have any questions. And the best prices are guaranteed, meaning if you find your contacts at a lower price anywhere else, they'll beat it. So let 1-800-CONTACTS get the contact lenses you need. Order online at 1-800-CONTACTS.COM or order online at 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. Download their free app or just call them at 1-800-CONTACTS. That's 1-800-266-8228. This sounds really, really horrible. But like there's a friend of ours that is just a like a like you just very unremarkable person. And I, I just think <laughs> there's no way that that person, like I, I, I'm, part of me goes, there's no way that that's real. Cause I'm living in my world and I go, there's no way that there's a human who's getting to experience life the way I experience in that body. That might but just be a robot like that. I can't believe that that, that is a whole existence right there of just unremarkableness. Like I look at that person all the time and I just go, nothing sparkles about that person. It's so interesting. Like just smells a little bad like but maybe just, maybe that person's uh spouse or significant other is seeing the dinosaur in that guy uh, you single, know? single for the record single. <laughs> okay i'm trying to i'm trying to defend i'm this this guy's defense attorney for some reason about you yeah. know about how, how how he functions in this world but yeah. uh no I, I i feel the same way when you hang around with people who non-comedians who don't seem to laugh and i i just find that like how, how can you go through life without experiencing laughter you know it, it, it seems like such a i don't know it's such a joyful part of life and when you're with a group of people and like one person's just like a dead log you know and like just never really seems to give it up and it's like do you just is everything just bland to you you don't see 
the humor in this situation. You know, it's kind of sad. I'm always shocked. I'm always shocked when people get offended. Like, I, I, there's so little that offends me. Like, there's so little that, like, where I'm shocked. You know, like I'm like, what? And when when I when I've I've said some horrific things on stage and in private company at like dinner parties. And I'm always shocked when someone gets outraged at a dinner party when you say something. I'm always blown away by that. I'm like, don't I look for that. I look for people to overshare. I look for people to tell me a secret, tell me something, say something horrible. I I almost when they do that I go, now I know they trust me. Like now I know that they're willing to let their guard down. They're not going to be this like I look at like uh uh you know who Chip and Joanna Gaines are? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was at that fork in the road. Do I do I lie and say yeah, of course? And then I'm gonna I'm gonna regret that I I don't know I don't know what this is. What do you watch on? They 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 have this fucking show. It's it's like a it's a home fixer upper show, and now they're starting their own network. They're like oh. reality show people. Oh, do we, okay. what what television do you watch? I like documentaries. Um, I like YouTube clips, you know, I like to watch, I'll go down a rabbit hole. You ever watch crane, crane accidents on YouTube? No. It's fascinating how many cranes topple over in this world. You'd, You'd think somebody would have figured out the math on, you know, how much, uh, uh, what angles you can have these things and how much weight they can hold get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cranes topple oh over God. and there's videos of, of all these things toppling over. I don't like to see people get hurt, but it's just fascinating to watch cranes topple over. <laughs> Top 15 crane accidents. There you go. Tape. There you go. Yeah. You'll love it. Wow. You know, it's funny. One of the things that pops up in my <laughs> algorithm nonstop is uh, Puerto Rican guys getting their hair cut for whatever reason. And it, it is so rewarding for me to watch a guy go in with a big, like big mop of hair and then to tighten it up and just look and it looks and then trim his beard out and line it up. I can sit and watch that callus removal from feet. Uh, uh, cleaning plaque off a, off a homeless person's teeth like that shit I can watch forever I uh, recently binge watched uh, Evil Knievel's jumps you know it's like uh, and that's one thing that's so cool about YouTube is like when you're a kid you can only watch Evil Knievel when they're going to put them on TV and yeah and what's cool about life now is you go, I'm going to watch an evil Knievel jump. And you just click, click, click. Next thing you know, you're watching him jump over a bunch of buses. <laughs> and then I go, well, I want to see what else he jumped over. And I just spent an hour watching evil Knievel <laughs> jump all over all kinds of things. I go, okay, I'm done with that for now. Uh, let me go watch some cranes topple over. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, they have uh, OnlyFans is like, uh, is like for it's for, i think it's for women primarily but it's like uh it's kind of like uh where porn stars go now to put like nude pictures and stuff so today a friend I'm, of mine I'm, is glad, like, I'm glad porn people have found a place to be naked <laughs> yeah well it's funny a lot of por- a lot of porn stars that i've that you know of or that you've heard of 
they claim they only did porn for like a month because that's the but they just worked a lot that month and now they all have only fans pages where they get naked but it's not technically porn because they're doing it on their phone and they don't see it as porn anyway that, that none of that matters okay i was in the i was in the sauna today and i was like one of my friends is like a model she was like check out my only fans and i was like oh you know what i'll check it out oh and i'm like I, I know i have an only fans i remember one night getting drunk and checking out only fans I, I went on to i went into only fans today and it remembered me like it was like oh you're back okay and then i was like oh i've been subscribing for about a year to like these 10 porn stars and i've just been giving them 9.99 a month for a year and not i had not checked it and then and then I was like, I got to, I, I literally, I was like, I got to unsubscribe to these people. I got to get off this. And then I just subscribed to two new ones, left all the <laughs> old ones. I was like, eh. but yeah, I, I, you think about like the sa sacredness of finding good content when you were a kid or finding something. I was telling someone about David Letterman when David Letterman did the uh, Velcro suit onto the wall. Right. And I, I watched that live in my, in my sister's room. And I was up and I watched it and I, I was trying to explain to my daughters. I didn't get to just rewind it and watch it a hundred times. I got to watch it. He did it. And then they did it in slow-mo like twice. Right. And then it was over. I never saw it again. Right. And they're like, the, the, the idea that, that entertainment was fleeting. Yes. Was so fascinating to me that. They live in a world where they can, they watch a, you know, a puppy, a, a, a little kid miss a golf swing and fall on their ass in slow motion. And then they watch it 10 times and then they forward it to me. And then we watch it together as opposed to that Letterman clip. I just saw that once in life. I don't think I ever saw it again. Right. Yeah. I, I remember when Saturday night live first started, I'm kind of dating myself, but uh, you know, I remember the show that was on before Saturday Night Live. The show that Saturday Night Live replaced was like this late night newsy kind of interview show. And I used to watch that. And then they replaced it with this Saturday Night Live thing. And I remember going, all right, what is this? And uh, then when I realized it was comedy and they were doing all kinds of silly stuff, I was fascinated, like, wow, they're doing comedy on Saturday night at this time of the night, you know? Um, and it was the same thing of you could only see something once. And so the show was on for a short time. And then they got Gerald Ford. They, they always start each episode with live from New York at Saturday night. They got Gerald Ford when he was president to do that. And no president had ever like, switched over into the entertainment world. They were separate worlds. Yeah. And when they cut to President Ford go live and in his bland way live from New York at Saturday night, I was like, like it just blew my mind that they've just mixed two worlds together. They got the president to do this. How did he agree to do it? And then I'm thinking he must have a sense of humor you know, to do this. And so I like the guy more. I'm like, wow, he's funny. He realizes yeah. this is a and, um, but like you say, it, it, it happens, it's over, it's gone. And you go, I'm glad I was here to see that moment, you know, because yeah. they're not, they're not going to replay it. 
it's the beauty of live comedy of, of live comedy and i mean i feel like i do, i feel like i i really feel out of touch from live comedy meaning and you did a, a, some of those drive-ins it, it was it was it was which i want to talk to you about the fucking where you shot your special that was fucking and i didn't realize you did it you did it in october i did it this past october yeah at an outdoor amphitheater in southern utah the the theater is called the Tuacon Amphitheater. It's beautiful. It's similar to Red Rocks outside of Denver. You know, it's outdoors. You have beautiful rock formations all over the place, including behind the stage. And so the venue itself is gorgeous. I've performed there before. And I knew when I was going to be doing the second special for Netflix that I wanted to do something different. You know, I've been fortunate to do specials in the past. And I'm like, I want to do something different. So I, I was going to do an outdoor amphitheater all along. The original shoot date was supposed to be May of last year. That got punted because of COVID to October. Um, but then we got fortunate that we could shoot during COVID because it was outdoors, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we got fortunate that we were able to pull it off and, you know, proud of it but yeah the plate the place is beautiful that's one of the where, where in utah is that it's near saint george the actual city is like ivan's utah and normally this venue they just do uh theater productions you know they'll do like tarzan or beauty and the beast and stuff like that occasionally they bring you know, solo artists. Uh, I just called myself an artist. <laughs> solo artist. Solo artist. And then occasionally they'll bring in like a, a like a weirdo like me, you know. Um, <laughs> Sometimes they bring in just the front man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt so self-serving, you know. So solo artists like myself <laughs> would sometimes play there, you know. Um but anyway, I, I I like playing outdoors. A lot of people don't. Oh, I loved it. I, and by the way, I did an amphitheater. I did those drive-ins, and the drive-ins were they were fun. It was such a great experience. But then we did an amphitheater, and I was and I, I wondered if you felt like this because I was like, I felt like I'd been swimming with overalls on the whole time. And then I got into an amphitheater where everyone was just a little socially distant, not even like in their own car, uh, a quarter of a mile away. Like it was. And I was like, oh, I could do amphitheaters for a fucking year. I called my agent and was like, find me some amp, find me more outdoor. <laughs> outdoor was so fun. And it was, your special is so beautiful. It changed the way I looked at shooting specials. You, Colin Quinn and Sam Morell all did outdoor events, like outdoor specials. First of all, I, I it, it, what, it, it was, it added to it for me. So, like, I always think when you shoot a special, ignore that room. You're not doing it to that room. So don't go out and be like, you know, what's up, Philly? So great to be back in Philly. My mom, my mom's from Philly. Like, all that's wasted because right. I'm watching it at home. Right, right. Man, your backdrop was so pretty. Everything about that special was so pretty. And I'm and I went, oh, this was made for me. Like, this is, I wanted to be there. I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. And I, oh. I literally said to my agents, I was like, I got to do something outside. I've been doing so many outdoor shows. I got to do a special outside. Like I need, it's just, it's too pretty. To, it's, yeah, it yeah. adds, it added so much to your special because the material is all still there. Like it's all still there. It was perfect. Thank you, man. Well, the one great thing about the way that theater is set up too, is that the, 
you know, the stage is here and then the seats go up in front of you. It isn't like the seats go out flat and you're just playing to this big field. Yeah. The the seats go up. So you're looking at people in front of you and up above you, similar to a theater, but then above you, it's just sky. You know what I mean? There's, oh. it's not like, uh, like you're in a venue and, um, I, I loved it. <clears throat> Have you ever done the Saratoga mountain winery? You got you you got you got to do the Saratoga Mountain Winery. You'll love. It. Uh, I'm writing that down right now. It's an outdoor venue with seats all around you. It's uh, it's at the top of this hill. Um, it's just really a lot of fun. Saratoga Mountain Vineyard Winery. Why well, Saratoga Mountain? I'm, I'm I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I just wrote it down. Yeah, I'm gonna you'll have a good time. Second. Yeah, I'm. I I I have. I mean, I have bigger, I, I, sadly, when things, do you have plans of touring? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, everything is so murky right now. It's it's like, I, I like being out there and making people laugh. And, you know, yeah. as long as everything is as safe as possible. And I've been doing comedy clubs with half capacity or one third capacity, whatever they do to make it, you know, safe. Um, you know, so it's different, but uh, I like being out there. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I, I want to get back out. I want to do the road. I want to do one more outdoor run, and I want it when it's not socially distant. I want to do some amphitheaters. I want to do. I had so much fun. And it was such a different vibe, and I and I really, really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, after watching your special, I was like, "This is. I mean, this. It. It's just so pretty. It adds something so much more. But obviously, I think we both know that the real money is in theaters. That's where you can make some." that's where you can make a living. Those sometimes those outdoor venues for me were, were sometimes were upside down. So <laughs> where you're like, we're like, I mean, so a thunderstorm came in and right, what, right, and right. what happened? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to deal with the elements, you know, but, um, are you in Vegas now? Yes. Nice. Are you, and are you, you're, you're staying in Vegas, right? Meaning what? Like everyone's like moving to everywhere else every comics moving to fucking idaho no i like vegas I, i've been in vegas for about 18 years now and uh you know i might live here forever i have fantasies of retiring and moving to alaska um <laughs> really yeah I, I i i'm no wilderness guy i i would have to live in a city in alaska I'm like i wouldn't be out you know fighting bears and stuff but uh I have this fantasy of getting off the grid and oh. going up to Alaska and uh, just living in Anchorage. You know, I want electricity and cable. Yeah. I'm dating myself. Cable. But uh, <laughs> I <want> cable. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want a cable television. Have you heard of it? It's cool as hell, man. I got like a hundred channels. Oh well. I appreciate you taking the time to do this, Brian. I, oh, yeah. I loved your special. I absolutely loved your special. Thank I, you very I, much. I, I texted it over to the second I, I texted Segura. I was like, you got to watch Brian's special. It's fucking awesome. Thank you. And, uh, and I'm telling you, man, you're like m my favorite comic. I, I, it's very cool that I can, that I have you, that I can text you ever. Uh, so, uh, 
So hopefully when everything lo loosens up, we can run into each other on the road, have our tour buses, and you can see how unorganized mine is. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, man. I yeah. always enjoy talking with you, man. It's a lot of laughs, and uh, you're a good man, and I appreciate all the good words. Oh, uh, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. I'll uh, I'll see you later. Congrats again, man. All right, man. Thanks. All right. Bye. 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 This episode was brought to you by The Machine.